Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. As the holidays are upon us, it's a perfect time to celebrate Christmas at Disneyland. Even though the park will be closed this year for the first time in 65 years. Jim Corcus joins me as we take the time to remember the traditions of the happiest place on earth. We talk about babes in Toyland, wooden soldiers, of the first candlelight processionals, and of the star on top of the mighty Matterhorn. We find out about parades and carolers and holiday decor. Join us as we celebrate Walt Disney and cherish the heritage of this time of year at the original Disney theme park. You also might want to check out our post and make sure that you subscribe to us at DisneyAtPlay.com as well as our sister site DisneyAtWork.com where we bring best in business practices to you. And by the way, before we get started, we want to thank Manny Kuroga for joining up as an adventurer in our new Patreon group. If you haven't had a chance, please check out our Patreon site. Take a look at what we have to offer. Not only do we create these amazing interactive apps and other exclusive offerings for you for being a part of our Patreon group, but you are also giving at an important time of year to people who are in need because 100% of the proceeds from uh, those who join our Patreon group are going to help individuals who are struggling in the shadows of Walt Disney World with homelessness, with layoffs, with uh, furloughs, uh, all the crazy stuff that is going on in our world today. So, hey, come on, reach out, join us, and we promise we will bring value to you for you taking the time to help others. So check out our Patreon group. Now, without any further ado, let's go join Jim Corcus. It's not our most perfect recording, but hang with us because Jim brings some really great stories as we talk about those early years at the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. So the captain of Holiday Cheer is here, Mr. Jim Corcus. How are you today, Jim? two halves. We're going to talk about Christmas at Disneyland, then we're going to talk about Christmas here at Walt Disney World. And I'm going to 
start just uh, first of all, do you have do you have any favorite memories of Christmas at Disneyland in your younger oh. years? Oh, gosh, gosh, several, because, again, I grew up in Glendale, California, which was, you know, only about a 40-minute drive to uh, uh, Disneyland, and even though uh, my parents were not well off, we would usually go to Disneyland uh, at least uh, twice a year, you know, once during the summer, during summer vacation, and then uh, once during... uh, Christmas vacation, mm. and and at Disneyland, I got one of my most favorite Christmas gifts ever in my entire life to uh, to this day. Uh, back one Christmas when we went um, uh, to Disneyland, uh, Tomorrowland had the Art Corner uh, uh-huh. shop, yeah. and I was always interested in animation and. They had books like, uh, you know, How to Draw Mickey Mouse and How to Draw Donald Duck. And they had, they had flip books. And, and again, they had cells that you could buy for uh, a, a book, actual cells that had been, you know, underneath the camera. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they had a whole exhibit and all of that. But the one thing that my heart went out for was they had, and this only existed for a couple of years, is it was this cardboard box and it was the animation kit and in the animation kit there was this little uh press board um uh shape with glass that you could build into your own animation table they had pre-punched animation paper they had pencils that said you know the art of animation on them Uh the art of animation they had a couple of flip books. They had a couple of how to draw books and they had a couple of books that were never sold individually, you know, about animation. And in fact, uh, if you bought that kit and if you animated something, Disney had an address where you could send them that paper and they would film it on eight millimeter and really it back to you. So you could knowing full well, that no kid is probably ever going to draw the hundreds of drawings necessary <laughs> to create a, a short animated sequence. And to make it worse, you couldn't look inside the box because it had these huge, massive staples on, on the outside. It, it, it was it's sort of like uh, uh, those Mark's play sets that you could buy at Sears. It, it was the same thing. It was okay. So, Nobody would open the box and anything in there would get, get lost. And that, but boy, that was expensive. And so my mom and dad basically told me, you know, if you get that, that is the only gift you can get wow. this Christmas because we can't afford anything else. Wow. And I said, that is what I want. And so we spent the whole day at Disneyland. And of course, we didn't buy it immediately because you can't carry it around Disneyland with you and all of that. Yeah. And so I was constantly running back during the days to check uh, <laughs> to, to make sure that there was a set there to buy. And then at the end of the day, as we were leaving, the last stop was Tomorrowland before we walked down Main Street, and we bought that and we did it. And then I had to sit with it in the back seat of the car, sit with it on my lap in the back seat of the car, 
because it cannot be opened until Christmas Day. Wow. So there I am on that 40-minute drive back to Glendale, and I've got the art, the animation kit right there. And by gosh, I knew that there was a letter inside from Walt Disney himself telling me that I could be an animator at the Disney Studio, you know. And, uh, and, and so when we got home, they took it, and then they hid it somewhere. And I scoured the house trying to couldn't find it. And then on Christmas Day, opened it up. I, I put together a little animation press board. You put a little um, light underneath it so you can see through. And my gosh, it, it was the, the greatest thing in the entire world. And it, it also taught me I never wanted to be an actor. <laughs> Jim, that life. that Never. is a precious story. Now you didn't, so you. I assume you didn't submit your uh, your. Uh... No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't do the, the hundreds of drawings necessary to to get a few seconds of animation <laughs> that, that Disney would have would have filmed and sent back to me. And I don't want to date it, you. I don't want to date you. I thought, oh yeah, I'll do that, and they'll immediately say, well, yes, my gosh, this is so good. We, we'd like to offer you a job. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish it had the Imagineering kit. Um, did, did now I don't want to date you on this, Jim, but I'm thinking this wouldn't that be a great thing? Wouldn't that be we, great? We, we Submit your that on, on the uh, Santa uh, wish list. I, yeah. you know, I, I always I always thought for Christmas there should be the big book of Imagineering, which has all of the stuff about Imagineering, not not just the. Uh, uh, general audience stuff that was released in the Imagineering book that was released, you know? But, but all the little, you know, hints and all of that. But wouldn't it be great to have a, an Imagineering kit? So there you have that, and yes, you can do this. So I don't want to date you, Jim, but I'm I'm making a guess here, and I'm thinking we're looking, this was like 1963, maybe 62, that this uh, mm-hmm. occurred for you? I'm good on my guesses. Did you, did, did you go to the? Uh... I, I, yeah, cause, yeah, because because I, I was I was still, um, in uh, uh, elementary school. Sure. You know, I I hadn't quite gone to uh, uh, junior high yet, where you know it it wasn't cool to be you know Disney. And did, Disney was for kids. Yeah. You know. And did you and did you have to go by the bathroom up tomorrow in order to? Um, view this attraction. Go uh, to the I, I, I think I went into the bathroom of tomorrow once and, and I thought, what is this? You know? I, I don't need to waste my time here. We you know? we got a we gotta do a whole thing on Disneyland pre nineteen sixty six and and talk about that. But now at the same time, this is the holidays and and you said you'd go during the during the Christmas season. So, uh, Christmas trees, decorations, parades, what do you remember of those early Christmas festivities? Well, there is something that I don't think a lot of people remember, is uh, that the Christmas tree was not in uh, the uh, town square. Mm. The Christmas tree w- w- was placed just off to the left of, of the, castle? the entrance of Sleeping Beauty Castle. Yeah. And uh, the first couple of years uh, didn't have ornaments. It just had uh, lights 
and primarily just red lights because, of course, red uh, 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 for Christmas. And uh, uh, something that uh, uh, makes me laugh is, uh, uh, of course, being a kid, I would pick up comic books, too. And uh, one of them from Dell was uh, called Christmas in Disneyland, which was a cheat. Which, because basically you had one page of, you know, Uncle Scrooge saying, let's go down Main Street, and then it transitions into a completely different, different you know, story. Uh, <laughs> comic book story. Many, that, many a Disney bait and switch in the comic book. Yeah. Or uh, Mickey and Goofy rushing uh, through the entrance of Frontierland, and then the rest of the, the thing is not in Frontierland, it, it, it's an old West adventure. But on the um, on the cover is, is a picture of the tree on the uh, uh, left side of the entrance of um, Sleeping Beauty's castle, and it's got the red lights. And then just a few feet from it is a nice big red fire hydrant. <laughs> so I guess, I guess safety first there. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I don't think people remember that people that uh, even that very first uh, Christmas at Disneyland in '55, Walt Walt loved uh, uh, Christmas and celebrating it at Disneyland. So even though you know they were still deeply in debt in December '55 and all that, Walt wanted things uh, to happen at Disneyland. So so there was also a, a, a tree on the. Um, uh, on the front of uh, the Mark Twain, you know, as and it was uh, covered with, with lights. And in fact, uh, Walt, always being a showman, um, you know, publicized it as this is the Christmas festival mm. uh, at at uh, at uh, Disneyland. I, I talked with Van France, who, of course, you know. Um, developed the training programs for Disneyland and, and all right, that. And, yeah. and he, he told me, uh, he, he said, you know, uh, uh, Jim, uh, uh, Walter Knott of Knott's Berry Farm, you know, talked to us and he, and he warned Walt. Yes. He said, okay, well, you know, in, in Christmas uh, time, people just forget that Knott's Berry Farm even exists, you know, uh, because there's so much else. And, and Walt said, that's not going to happen at Disneyland. And so that first year, you know, they uh, strung thousands of uh, uh, lights and, and uh, decorations. And um, he contacted uh, this guy by the name of uh, Dr. Charles uh, Hurt from uh, uh, USC, University of Southern mm -hmm. California. And he got uh, uh, 12 carolers who were in one of um, uh, Hurt's uh, uh, classes there at, at the university and had them uh, dressed up, you know, in uh, Charles Dickens style costumes and uh, wandering uh, uh, the park uh, uh, singing carols and encouraging uh, guests uh, uh, to, to sing along. And, and of course, uh, Hurt is the one who a year or two later is saying, you know, we could do a candlelight procession, you know, we, we, because they were trying all sorts of things to gather people around, and there was no natural uh, uh, stage uh, in those days, you know, where, where enough people could see 
you know, the, the singers. And if mm-hmm. you had the singers facing uh, uh, Hurt, then they weren't facing uh, uh, the audience. And and then Walt, of course, always, you know, uh, can't afford things, had local school bands come in and youth vocal choirs come in. Oh, sure. And and so that, so that was the very first uh, Christmas, you know, at Disneyland. And, and, of course, I know you've had people on the show before mention the uh, Mickey Mouse Club uh, uh, circus, but that was supposed to be part of the the Christmas festival and the circus parade down Main Street uh, was even themed uh, for Christmas. So if you had a camel in the circus, what you had is you had the camel walking down the street, but with three wise men, you know, and uh, they would go into the circus tent. And I I don't think people remember that the big finale uh, of, of the Mickey Mouse Club Circus and the Circus Tent uh, was the, uh, the Santa Claus Parade, where you had the Mouseketeers dressed up as uh, 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 toys. Uh, Annette was dressed up as Snow White, you know, and they would parade around the rings there, and, oh, yeah. and then it would be followed by Santa in his sleigh uh, appearing. And... Um, uh, that, that was actually a very large Imagineer by the name of uh, uh, Bruce Bushman, who worked on a lot of the uh, uh, Fantasyland a- 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 attractions. You know, the, the guy was almost seven foot tall and 300 pounds and all that. And, and Walt always said uh, if, if Bruce could sit in a ride vehicle, then there was plenty of room for an adult and a child. <laughs> so that's what they used as a measurement. But he was there. And then um, uh, Jimmy Dodd would, would, would oh, sure. the audience in, in singing uh, uh, carols. Head Mouseketeer. For me, yeah. mm-hmm. what sticks out for that first Disneyland in 1955 was a story that um, Jack Lindquist told me. And, and he told it several times, even... Uh, repeated it in that um, uh, book that uh, that uh, he, he wrote. There were, there were always little variations, but the but the the basis w- was all always the same. And at that time, um, Linquist was a marketing director uh, for the FARC, which was actually a, a fairly low executive uh, uh, position. You know, as opposed to he eventually became president of. Of, of Disneyland, but uh, he said on um, Christmas Eve, uh, mm-hmm. he was standing on Main Street as the uh, uh, park was closing, and uh, he saw this um, uh, family walking down uh, uh, the street, and the father was wearing overalls, and the, the son was in overalls, and uh, um, it, it, it was obvious that you know, they were probably farmers from the, you know, Anaheim area, and, mm-hmm. and they were not well off, but they, but they were clean, they were well-behaved and all this, and they were looking, you know, especially there was a little girl, and she was her face was pressed up against the window because they did do some displays in the Emporium windows, not, not as elaborate as they did, you know, uh, in the past where sure. the old apartment, you know, came up with, you know, dioramas from the Disney films and all that. Yeah. But, but you know, there was a, a, a mechanical Santa, you know, who, who, who was moving and 
and things like this. And uh, the little girl looked up at her mother and said, oh, you were right. This is so much better than having Santa come tomorrow. And at that point, Jacqueline knew they wouldn't be getting any presents at all. The, the 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 next day that that all that money had been spent to come there uh, to Disneyland and and he told me it, it was that moment that really set for him why Disneyland is Disneyland and and the importance uh, uh, of that and um, what it means to people you know it, especially during you know, special times like a, like a holiday like Christmas, and so that influenced everything he did. You know, for the rest of his uh, career, uh, Disney career, that, that that was you know so important. Three and, um, and, of, and of course, Christmas just kept growing. You know, at, at yeah. Disneyland. You three know, the, three Christmas, uh, uh, Jim. Jim, three mm-hmm. three symbols that I think of, three things about Christmas that really remind me of Christmas at Disneyland. And and the first is 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 that this is really where. Um, well, let's talk about the but the Christmas star on top of the Matterhorn. Yes. So, did you and ever get a chance to see that? <laughs> what? And it rotated too. Yes. And how did they get that thing up there with a helicopter or a crane or what did they do to? A crane, crane, crane. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some pictures because um, uh, Bill Evans had used a a crane to get up um, uh, the actual trees and all of that onto Mm -hmm. the Matterhorn. You know, uh, uh, those, those are some real trees up there, but what they are is they're in a, it, it's almost like a bathtub, you know, uh, with soil and all of that. And so they lift that up and they put that into to place. So, uh, so yes, the, uh, the, the star was put up there, you know, with this massive crane. Back in those days where, you know, they didn't care if uh, guests saw you know, um, the technology behind the magic, you know, mm. uh, here, here, here's the crane. In years later, it was like, let's do this on the day in the middle of the, the night. park is closed. Or, in the dead of night, you know, um, uh, they, they felt it was just, you know, uh, part of the show, yep. uh, putting that up there. And, 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 and I wish they would, uh, uh, you know, do that again sometime. But but yeah, for for a few years there, uh, in the '60s, you had that uh, uh, star on top of the Matterhorn, as if it was on top of this gigantic Christmas tree. Another symbol um, that really reminds me of, and I never did as a kid get a chance to go to Disneyland at Christmas. We always went in the summer. But I'd see the ads, mm-hmm. and the ads always showed the 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 march of the of the of the tin soldiers, um, wooden the, the soldiers. Wooden soldiers. Yeah, wooden the wooden soldiers. soldiers. Did you ever see the babes in Toyland um, display that they had done in the theater before 
great moments with Mr. Lincoln. In the Opera House, no. Yeah. I, I've always heard about it. I, I've seen uh, uh, some pictures. And, 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 of course, Babes in Toyland was a huge bomb, and, except for the fact that Walt said we took a look at everything we did wrong so that when we did, did Mary Poppins... Poppins. <laughs> we could do it right. Yes. Uh, but, 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 but to help promote Babes in Toyland, uh, of course, they did an exhibit in the uh, uh, opera house there. And this was, believe it or not, the first time where guests anywhere could come in and see actual props from a film. From a Disney movie. You know, today we take that for, for granted. You know, there's so many exhibits and things like this. But that was the first time you could go in and see. So that also encouraged you to go out and buy a ticket and, and see the film. Now, to also promote the film, which, again, was uh, they knew was not going to do well, uh, Walt went to um, Bill Justice and Exitensio who had done some of the stop-motion things mm -hmm. uh, for the film. And he said, I want you to make them bigger <laughs> and include them in, in the parade. So these little 12-inch soldiers now had to be, you know, almost 12 feet high. And, and Bill told me, you know, it, 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 was, it, it was tough, he said, because they had to be able to play trumpets. They had to be able to drum drums. Uh, they had to be able to walk in them without, if they fell over, they couldn't get back up. You had to <laughs> show up to, to pull them back up. So you had to make sure that, that they were well uh, uh, balanced. And um, it was Exitensio who uh, designed the uh, 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 silly reindeer. You know, the, the oh, sure. dancing reindeer that yeah, have the, the tongue hanging reindeer. out of their mm -hmm. mouth. That, that was, that was Exitensio's um, uh, design, and um, the parade actually uh, w was called uh, the Parade of the Giant Toys, and um, it, they even had uh, this um, uh, uh, train as, as part of the finale, and each of the... Um, uh, cars behind the train were, were like like this box, and it, it would open, and then you would have all of these helium balloons, you know, just yeah. fly out to to, to uh, 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 fill the sky, and and of course you ha had the characters, but then there weren't enough character costumes, uh, and and so you know uh, Disney rented costumes from. Whoever had, you know, animal costumes. So there was a, a two-person costume of a uh, of a Scotty dog, <laughs> you know, mm. with with a, with a puffy tail. So no relationship to Disney whatsoever. But, but there it is, you know, uh, uh, trotting down down the street. And and of course with Santa Claus, riding with Santa Claus is you had Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. And oh they yes, were yes. Small presents out to the people uh, on the uh, uh, side. Boy, I, I can imagine that causing chaos today. Wow. I, I, I can imagine uh, adults pushing kids out of the way and or grabbing them out of their hands or whatever. And 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 the toys were a little um, 
uh, uh, small plush uh, toys, nothing very expensive or elaborate. The, the type of thing that you might have been able to get out of like a, a, a claw machine, you know, in those days. But still, it, really, it was a really nice gesture, you know, uh, uh, for that. And So, Jim, the third symbol would be Candlelight Processional. Tell me about the origins of that and your memories of it. My memories are the memories that everybody has, is that you see that and you're just tremendously, you know, moved and, and, and overwhelmed and, and, and touched. It, it's like, you know, nothing else. It, it really is like, you know, uh, stepping into... Uh, um, For those... For, a, a fantasy yeah, and, yeah. And, for those uh, who have never, world, for know? those who have never but, seen but, the, for those who have never but, seen the profession, for those who have never seen the processional at Disneyland, but only at Walt Disney World, it it is legitimately a processional before it becomes a performance. Where did they step right. off in to go down Main Street in the early days? Um, you know, the original parade path was different back then, wasn't it? Um, how did they mm -hmm. proceed down? Well, well, well as, as I said, you know, the, um, uh, the creation of uh, uh, the candlelight processional, there, there's a lot of uh, uh, sort of myth uh, uh, surrounding it. You know, as I mentioned, you know, you had Dr. Charles Hurt, uh, you know, bring down his uh, carolers the first uh, Christmas at, at Disneyland. And, and that continued to, to expand so that you had uh, uh, literally what was called the Christmas Bowl, you know, referencing uh, the Hollywood Bowl. Mm. And uh, the, uh, the gazebo, which was now out, you know, between Frontierland and Adventureland, uh, you would have Christmas performances there. And you would have uh, uh, choirs and you would have uh, uh, bands and... Uh, you know, uh, the whole Christmas celebration grew, you know, larger with a, a Christmas uh, parade of many lands where Walt had, you know, uh, different uh, ethnic groups uh, in the Los Angeles area come and and represent, you know, um, uh, 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 their version of, uh, uh, of Christmas and all of that. And so... Uh, in uh, uh, early 1958, uh, you know, uh, they had tried to do uh, uh, some caroling and all of that uh, in the town square, but mm -hmm. it was just, you know, it, it, it was difficult for anybody to see, and it was crowded and it, all of this. And um, so uh, Hurt uh, had come up with the idea of, maybe having them stand on the uh, uh, steps leading up to the train station because that was sort of a tiered, you know, stage and, and people uh, could see that. Now, now, now the, the myth is, is that uh, Walt went to him and, and said, you know, I'm in my apartment over the, the firehouse and, you know, at Christmas, it would just be so nice for me and Mrs. Disney, you know, to be able to, to look out the window, you know, and, and, see some carolers uh actually uh, i i think closer to the truth was it was hurt uh it came up with with the idea mm -hmm. and and also the idea of uh to get them 
here uh, at the train station was uh, to have them uh, walk, uh, you know, down Main Street, you know, in these robes and carrying these candles. And so you, you turn off the lights on, on Main Street, it's pretty dark. You know, as, as many people who have seen the electric light parade know, and yeah. you see these people, you know, uh, walking down uh, towards the flagpole and, uh, you know, then going up uh, uh, on onto the steps. And uh, uh, Walt always uh, leveraged uh, anything he could in the community. And so Western High School had a human Christmas tree. So they already had the uh, come up the, with the idea the scaffolding and shape and mm. and all of that for that and so for the first year or two they uh, uh, they used uh, that so we're talking fifty eight here and then in sixty one is uh, when they in, uh, and this was at Walt's suggestion because Walt had insisted that the candlelight processional have nothing. Uh, to indicate uh, Disney characters, that it was all about the uh, true story of uh, Christmas. So in 61 is when Walt suggested bringing in, you know, the celebrity narrator. And and Walt, of course, had lots of, you know, uh, celebrity friends. And the first celebrity uh, 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 narrator was um, uh, Dennis Morgan. And a lot of people don't know that name now, but yeah. he was a, a very, very popular singer and a very popular uh, uh, movie actor. He, he did a lot of comedies with uh, uh, Jack Oakey, and people probably don't know that name uh, uh, either. And, and he performed it for actually the uh, uh, first uh, a couple of years, uh, you know, 61 through uh, 64. And... Uh, you know, and he was uh, replaced in uh, 1965 by a narrator because Walt again wanted to promote, you know, the latest Disney film. So can you so can you guess who the celebrity narrator in the Candlelight Processional was in 1965? Uh, Dick Van Dyke. Perfect. Dick Van Dyke promoting Mary Poppins. Perfect. And then the following year, 66, you bring back Dennis Morgan. Um, and, <laughs> who, who, and, by and, the and, way, he didn't he start? Didn't he start? Other narrators came. Yeah, yeah, didn't he star in Christmas in Connecticut with uh, Barbara Stanwyck? If I'm correct. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so there's a you Christmas know. tie there. Yeah, probably one of the Christmas movies people love back then. So see, yeah. see, 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 you're a lot smarter than I am. I would never have made, I would never have made that uh, uh, connection, and 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 that. Uh, <laughs> That film w- was probably still fresh in in a lot of the guests' minds, yeah. it, you know, in in 1965, and so it was a natural connection there with Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, now, now and, a lot of these and, stories. And, and, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of these stories, Jim. You've captured them in in your Christmas Yuletide book. Where's the best place to capture these Disneyland stories? Uh, actually, many of the stories that I've shared today are in uh, the Vault of Walt, uh, Volume, volume 7, 7 yeah. Christmas edition. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and has not not only the stories about Disneyland, but Walt Disney World and uh, Walt at at the uh, uh, parks and uh, uh, Walt uh, you know, himself both at home and, and the studio. You, you know, one of my favorite. Uh, uh, Well, that's a wrap for this Disney at Play podcast. We have a great story from Jim Corcus who talks about an early Walt Disney gift to his wife Lillian and how it's made manifest and symbolized and portrayed on Main Street USA over at Walt Disney World. For those who want to hear that story, join us on Patreon. But I do want to express my appreciation to Jim Corcus for joining us in this discussion about the early years at Disneyland. And I want to express my appreciation this holiday season to those of you who are listening to us. We still got more holiday uh, happenings coming between now and Christmas, but we appreciate you being a part of this listener podcast audience. And we just thank you. Please subscribe. Make sure you check us out. And uh, remember, we have more on its way. And as always, we ask you to remember wherever you're at, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.